0: and in our trust in so many things in this life and I pray that you'll help us to refocus that today and and realize that it's it's in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that it's in Jesus that we have our living hope and I pray God that we would we would refrain from trying to focus on all the other things father that we we would be able to lay aside all the things that we brought in with us all the concerns all the all the 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 distractions that we live with on a day-to-day basis and I pray, Lord, today that you would be the focus. Jesus, you would be the focus. You are a living hope. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As the children are dismissed to Kids Zone, you can be seated.
1: was to have a baby. Only a woman could understand my desire. I'm Sarah, the wife of Abraham. Wealthy Abraham. The man God promised was to be the father of many nations. But we had not yet realized the fulfillment of that promise. God had been good to us. He had been faithful. He had taken good care of us in the city of Ur. Out and away from our families, familiar surroundings, security, home, to an unknown place. And even though we lived the life of nomads, we experienced God's faithfulness. He never let us down. God had been faithful when not once, but twice, Abraham and I conspired together out of fear to deceive a king into thinking i was abraham's unmarried sister both times god preserved me and god intervened just in time he even protected us from their anger and dangerous consequences of our foolish deception god had been faithful and were we rich who needed it all camels cattle silver Sheep, servants, you name it, we had it. Possessions beyond our wildest dreams. God had been faithful in material prosperity. My husband was known far and wide for his great wealth. It brought great security, and we were taken care of. But it was not enough. Not enough? Not enough, you ask? What more could a woman want? A baby. God had been faithful in so many areas. Why not this one? God made a lot of promises to us, and to date he had kept every single one of them, except this one. How can you fault a God who keeps so many promises but seems to hold back the greatest one? Didn't God know that all those promises, even though appreciated, were nothing compared to having a baby? What good was it to live a good, full life for yourself and not have a child to share it with? What good was it to have a great name and reputation and no one to carry it on? What good was it to have everything you ever dreamed of and so much more? but not the most important, a child. I even took things into my own hands once and gave Abraham my slave, Hagar, hoping to have a child through her. What was wrong with that? It was common practice. The results were disastrous, resulting in devastating rivalry and jealousy. As usual, God stepped in and faithfully as ever said to Abraham, your son is going to come through you and Sarah. I promise, I promise, give me a break. I'm 90, he's a hundred, a baby. You've got to be kidding. And I laughed, I laughed a cynical laugh, a doubting laugh, a bitter laugh. A laughter of unbelief. Why did I laugh? It was impossible. That's why. Who ever heard of a woman in her 90s having a baby? Why would God wait so long? I can't have a child now. It's too late. The faithful God had not been faithful. He promised and he failed. So I laughed. I laughed a laugh of bitterness, pain, and disappointment. It was impossible. But one phrase kept haunting my thoughts. I heard it over and over again in my mind. When I woke up in the morning, as I took my long morning walk, as I went to bed at night, over and over again, it played in my head.
0: Is anything too hard for the Lord?
1: It would be just as easy for a virgin to conceive. But but he had said, Is anything too hard for the Lord?
0: Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time, God had
1: almost as if God waited on purpose until it was impossible. Then he did it. I was pregnant. I was with child. I was going to have a baby. I was going to be a mother. Why does God do that? I laughed again. And I laughed and laughed and laughed. A new laughter. A laughter of surprise. A laughter of paradox, of joy kind of helpless laughed, a laughter of awe, a laughter of praise, laughter of hope, a laughter of promise. I didn't know what else to do. All I could do was laugh. I was so happy. It was so funny. It was a contradiction of all we could comprehend. It was impossible. So we just laughed and we named the baby Laughter. God had brought laughter through me and everyone who hears about it will laugh with me. And we're still laughing because God is faithful.
0: When is the last time that you laughed I mean, really laughed. And what kind of laughter? In Genesis seventeen seventeen, Abraham laughed when God promised him a son. It was a laughter of unbelief, of, of skepticism, at the absurdity of God's promise. He had believed God's promises for a baby as long as it seemed normal, possible, or probable. Now he laughed at this incredible promise because it was such an incredible paradox that he just, he just laughed involuntarily. Then in Genesis 18, 12, Sarah laughed at the promise that she would now become a mother. It was the same kind of laughter, the laughter of unbelief at the absurdity of God's promise. How about you? Are you living much like Sarah or Abraham hoping for something that has never happened something God seemingly promised long ago and you're still waiting you're still waiting everything else all the other promises all the goodness of God are eclipsed by this one great need and desire like Sarah to have a baby or to be healed physically or emotionally maybe you suffer from the scars of childhood abuse maybe you desire deliverance from an addiction maybe you want to reach a promised goal or achievement or maybe you're still waiting for the restoration of a relationship with a mother or or a father a son or daughter or a brother or sister The hope to be reunited after the separation from your spouse. Maybe you're waiting to get married or or remarried after a painful divorce. Maybe it's finding that job that you've always dreamed of, something that you're incredibly qualified for, or a ministry you've always felt called to. That one answer to prayer. The salvation of a spouse, a, a parent or your children. The recovery from the loss of someone that you loved. A child, spouse, or parent. Deep in the endless pit of depression, never seeming to be able to shake it. And God has given you everything except that one thing. And it's impossible. It's impossible. What can you do but but just laugh? You grin and bear it. You mask your pain in a plastic smile in the words, I'm okay. I'm okay. What can we learn from Sarah today? This is a real story with real characters. There was real pain and real sorrow. Real answers, real joy, and real laughter. What are some lessons we can learn from this story? The first lesson is what matters to us, what matters most to us, matters to God. What matters most to us, matters to God. Sarah's most important issue, her burning desire was to have a baby, to to be a mother, And it was so important to her that absolutely nothing else mattered. What is so important to you today that nothing else seems to matter? God cares about our deepest concerns. Does God know? Does God care? Have you asked Him? Secondly, when God makes a promise, He keeps it. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. God made a promise to Sarah, but it seemed like he did not fulfill it. And like Sarah, sometimes we have to wait. We're not good at waiting. Sometimes we have to wait. Sometimes we have to wait a long time before that promise is fulfilled. What do we do in the meantime? What do you do in the meantime? Do you laugh? Say it'll never never happen? Or get cynical or skeptical, or maybe you just live with doubt. Those nagging doubts, and I guess it's just not going to happen. Well, third lesson is doubting God is normal. Doubting God is normal. People of great faith in the biblical record And people who are alive today have had serious doubts, deep doubts about God coming through with his promises. If you've doubted, you are in great company. Don Corder said, Most people think doubt is the opposite of faith. So they search for certainty. Certainty is accepting as true that for which you have surety, that which is Sure. Faith is accepting as true that for which you do not have surety. He says doubt is not the opposite of faith. It's a prerequisite. Doubting is normal. Doubt, of course, looks at the problem while faith looks at God. Doubt looks at the unfulfilled promise. Faith looks at God. What promise has God made to you? Either maybe through the word of God or maybe his spirit of God has spoken to your spirit and he gave you a a promise. Well, when God makes a promise, he keeps it, which ought to give us faith and hope, remembering that doubting God is normal. And the fourth lesson from Sarah is nothing. Is impossible with God nothing is impossible for God I have a friend named Rick when I first met Rick he was in his mid 40s and when he was 14 years old he had discovered that he could know God through Jesus and was what the Bible calls born again he started a brand new life in Jesus Christ at age 14 Rick was the only one in his family who was a believer, a Christian. Rick was very close to his father. His father was a teaching physician at a major university in Southern California. And Rick's number one desire was that his father could experience this spiritual transformation that he had experienced. But his, his father just did not understand his son's faith. He thought it was a phase that he would just get over. Rick didn't get over it. And over the years he prayed and he prayed that his father would someday discover the incredible truth of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It was impossible. It was impossible. And Rick prayed for 20 years. 20 years. One day His father called Rick and he told him that he had contracted cancer. And it wasn't much longer that he was dying of cancer and had only days to live. I remember when Rick stopped by my office and we prayed. I prayed with Rick before he flew from Washington down to California to be with his father. He had prayed for 20 years Years. It was impossible. But that day, the impossible became possible. As Rick's dream of his father's salvation became a reality, Rick led his father to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, nothing is impossible for God. When Rick burst into my office with the news, he was in sorrow over his father's death, but he had so much joy, he he literally laughed as he told me that his father had found Jesus. Nothing is impossible for God. Maybe God has given you everything but that one thing you desire most, and it's impossible What else can you do but laugh? You know, Rick will see his father again in heaven because he has eternal life. And now he can laugh. It was impossible. But is anything too hard for the Lord? And the last lesson, number five, is God can restore your laughter. God can restore your laughter. Life may have robbed you of your laughter. And you think, oh, to laugh again, if I could only laugh again, if I could only experience joy again. But not a laughter of unbelief or bitterness or doubts or fears or cynicism, but a a laughter of surprise and joy, belief. A laughter of awe and praise and, and promise and hope. Time, time to laugh. If you've been robbed of your laughter, you can have it restored today. You say, it's impossible. Good. Good. That means only God can do it. If it's impossible, only God can do it. Not a church, not a religion, not another person, not an escape, not an activity. If it's impossible, then only God can do it. What is it that you've waited for, for a long, long time? And if you are here this morning and do not know what it means to know God personally, to know your sins are forgiven, to know you have eternal life, know that you have a God who is on your side, you can know that today. I declare to you all today on the authority of God's word that nothing is too hard for the Lord. God is still faithful. I pray for you that the Lord will be gracious to you as he has said, and he will do for you what he has promised. Nothing is impossible for God. It's time to laugh. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you Tell the story as as it is with all the doubts and all the craziness and all the the lack of faith, everything that is there, the pain and suffering that comes with challenges. And I just pray today, Lord, that you, by your grace, would, would remind us again that all things are possible for you. And I pray that you'll build our faith. I pray that we will admit our doubts and live with with that and say, we admit that and understand. But that you, God, would restore that. And know that no matter what you did in the past, you can do it again because you are faithful. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Let's stand, showing